If you enjoy listening to Voices in Cloud, check out David Linthicum's reports on gigaohm.com. They're about data complexity and cloud solutions, addressing many of the topics covered in this podcast series. Hey guys, welcome to the Gigaohm Voices. Podcast is the one place where you'll get to hear from the industry thought leaders, providers, Amazon's advice on how to succeed with cloud computing, IoT, edge computing, and cognitive computing. I'm Dave Lentica, I'm best-selling author, speaker, executive, and B-list geek. And joining me as our special guest and longtime friend, Bernard Golden, technology visionary. He's been able to accelerate the market success for innovative software companies, named by Wired Magazines, uh, one of the top most 10 influential people in the cloud computing space, author, co-author of five books on open source virtualization and cloud computing. Cloud Computing Advisor for CIO Magazine, blog named over a dozen best cloud computing lists and highly regarded keynote speaker at conferences. And I got to tell you guys, we had a, a Bernard gave this terrific intro of himself, which I'm going to ask to do again, and then the uh, recording cut out. So now that we're fixing that, so Bernard, hopefully you can do a better job than you did about uh, 60 seconds ago, but go. Well, um, you know, your question was, so that's great. What are you up to these days? And I joined Capital One about a year ago as Vice President of Cloud Strategy. And I had been acquainted with the company because it had been a customer of a software company I was at. And my perspective is that cloud computing is enabling but also forcing a fundamental change in the way that IT is done throughout throughout really the industry and throughout our economy. And my perspective is that cloud computing really changes the rules of the game in terms of use of IT. You know, I sort of say it as... IT used to be support the business, and now IT is run the business. And, you know, that's going to cause every industry to have to rethink the way it delivers products and services. And I felt Capital One was really an early adopter of that perspective. And, you know, it's it's all in on cloud computing and working very hard to take advantage of that. And when they contacted me and said, you know, we're interested in having somebody you know, join us to help us with our cloud strategy, I felt like it was a real opportunity to kind of get in the real avant-garde, the vanguard of what's what's going on at the frontier of cloud computing. So I went ahead and joined. By the way, uh, you may have heard a little meow there. You know, about this time of day, our cat says, oh, I, I'm ready to stop my morning's nap, and I want to go pay a little attention to humans before I go off to my afternoon nap. So you may be hearing a little meowing in the background. That's okay. So... Yeah, I guess at Capital One, you're probably one of 10 people in the whole world that can do the job. I mean, it's, they're lucky to have you. So what, what do you do day in the life at Capital One? What does a strategic cloud person do? Well, I focus um, in four areas. And the first is advanced practices. How can we take advantage of what's going on you know, with the most advanced cloud users in the world? How can we share practices with them, learn from them, maybe teach some of the things that we've learned? Um, and I'll come back to that in just a second. Um, also, um, advanced uh, technologies. What are the frontier technologies that are emerging out of this new platform, cloud computing, you know, that, that help organizations take advantage of it or push the envelope? I mean, um, we have a very active machine learning. We have a Mac machine learning organization within Capital One, but there are other technologies dealing with the kinds of challenges that come with scale or uh, the new kinds of architectures or microservices. We want to know that how do we take advantage of those advanced technologies, so I focus in that area. I've been doing a lot of work around multi-cloud. That's a third area that I focus on, and you know, how can we make sure that 
we have access to the most advanced technology being provided by any cloud provider. And then fourth, um, I have a kind of an active, I call it brand evangelism, or you might call it public communication, much like what I'm doing right here, you know, sort of sharing uh, kind of what I'm up to, uh, my perspective, but also in a way that sort of sh talks about, you know, how Capital One is kind of unique um, in, the, uh, in the industry. Circling back to that advanced practices, one of the things that's quite interesting about Capital One is, you know, from a, from a technology user perspective, I've, I've concluded on the basis of a lot of research, our technical peers are really more like the cloud native companies, companies like Lyft or Netflix, Spotify, whatever, you know, those kind of companies you might want to think about. But we're unique in that, in addition to that, we're also a very large regulated financial entity. So we have a whole set of security and uh, cyber requirements, government risk management requirements, and as well as regulatory relationships that we have to adhere to. So it's a really fascinating place, um, both from a technology perspective, but also applying it in a real world setting. So those are the four areas, advanced practices, advanced technologies, multi-cloud, and uh, sort of brand evangelism, public um, outreach. Yeah, that's great. I think they're lucky to have you. And I think, um the it's no secrets based on the amount of time i've seen capital one presented conferences that uh you know they're probably leading the industry in utilization of cloud and new technology and i think that's uh that's awesome because it kind of sets the path and sets the standard for other best practices and allows them to disrupt the space as a large competitor which i think is uh something that's going to be admirable in the market coming forward so let's get into the topics, and I challenge you to you know kind of look at a couple of topics that that I wrote about, um, and of course I I agree with me, um, but I would love to get your perspective in as well. And the first one is three ways the cloud and data center uh, centers work well together. And this was kind of the the, the gist of this was uh, you know someone kind of asked me the fact that we need to think more about how legacy systems and traditional data centers work and play with cloud play well with clouds and. You know, I think ultimately that's what many people consider hybrid cloud today. So hybrid cloud used to be a paired private and public cloud. You know, now they talk to the notion of hybrid IT, which basically is anything that's a traditional legacy environment could even be client server and on the, on the internet, sorry, on the, on the land kinds of things that interacts with a public cloud environment. And the thing is, while we're moving into the public cloud and we're also progressing forward with our legacy infrastructure, not a lot of thought in terms of how that technology is going to work and play well together has really been around. We have certain tools and techniques, and we certainly have synergistic security systems and governance systems and monitoring management systems, but really no good big thinking in terms of strategic ways in which you approach it. Uh, so I mentioned a few things in the blog, but I'd love to get your perspective on this in terms of how enterprises should be thinking about approaching hybrid IT and making their existing legacy systems or data centers work and play well with the public cloud providers. Yeah, well, you know, let me uh, preface my remarks uh, uh, by, by saying Capital One's perspective on this is it's decided to go all in on public cloud. It's sort of, and this is before me, I don't, I don't want to claim credit that, you know, somehow I, I brought that decision to Capital One. It had made that decision, but it was based on the conclusion that if you really accept that every company is a software company is, you know, is often kind of the cliche in the industry or, you know, IT is now how you run the business. Capital One concluded, you know, our core competence is going to be about building applications to help us do that, not about running data centers. So it's a, it's a bit different from this. 
but I have lots of experience working with companies that, you know, maybe aspirationally would like to go to that that extent, but you know, still have to balance, you know, existing data centers, maybe, um, you know, uh, financial uh, situations that they they can't step away from, and so I do have a lot of experience around that, and I think you're you're really right on this that, you know there was a, a sort of a mania of like, I'm going to build my own private cloud. And the bloom seems to have gone off that rose. And now people are saying, you know, I'm not going to invest a huge amount of money into, you know, making an all singing, all dancing data center. I want to, you know, get value from the data center. I don't want to invest a ton more incremental money in it. So how do I integrate that with this new world of applications? And so we definitely see that you identified several things. One of which was, how do you connect data that's going to live in your public cloud environment with the data that exists in your existing environment? And for many companies, the majority of data will be in their existing environments. And, um, you know, you talked about sort of bringing up your data storage, your databases into the same, you know, in, at the same level so they can communicate, which I think is a very um, insightful approach. You know, just as important in, in my experiences to make sure that you've got the right kind of bandwidth and connectivity in those environments so that you can cross connect that that data and um, you know the the the, um, the hybrid world is one that's going to require shuttling a lot of data back and forth and so you got to make sure you've got the bandwidth the security and so forth of your network and um, I can say that uh, our network group lives in the same uh, organization I um, am in, and so I inter interact with them and, and listen in with them a lot. And that's you know a huge amount of uh, effort and investment that Capital One's made to make sure we've got that kind of connectivity in, in into our into our cloud and so forth. Um, you know, you've talked about common security. Um, you know, a security approach and technology that can span both public cloud and on-premise systems. You know, a common directory, yeah, for sure, you need to have that. I mean, there's no question, you know, you've got to have common identity management or else you are in a world of hurt that you don't even know that you're in a world of. And unfortunately, I see all too frequently that companies do that. They've got their on-prem, you know, identity management, and then they use the cloud native one provided by the provider. And then they wonder why things operate differently or people have different permissions or worst of all, somebody gets walked out the door and you know all the internal systems are shut off to them, but they still have the private key to get at systems on uh, running up in the cloud. Well, that's so common security is uh, extremely important, and you know fortunately the providers have made good strides in being able to um, have federated identity management, where you really use your corporate identity management as kind of the the single version of truth or whatever you want to call it, and use that as the basis for providing um, access and uh, author authentication uh, in the cloud. So I think that is what, I'm sorry. No, I agree. You just hit upon the, you just hit upon the, I think the big topic. So, you know, going forward, I think enterprises kind of want a procedure and a process for taking a look at this. And, you know, what would you recommend as far as step one, step two, and step three, and what they need to do the first year and the second year? Uh, to make the most out of this, because it's, it's always like, every, everybody tells me about a diet. I always say, well, what are you eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Uh, that's more, more descriptive to me than someone just telling me what mix of carbos yeah, and yeah. 
and things like that that they're eating. So what should be step one, step two, step three? Well, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of times the right step one is sort of, you know, get your feet wet, which is learn about cloud. But I think, uh, you know, if I can use the kind of cliche, the journey of a thousand miles, begin with a single step. Okay, that's the right first step. But you have to know that you're going to be on a journey. And so you have to start planning for these kinds of things as part of that first step. You know, I'm going to start moving production systems into um, into a cloud environment. What do I need around this identity management to make sure that I've got security in place? How do I ensure that the same practices and requirements that I have uh, for my on-premise systems, I can extend those? And what tooling, what processes, what personnel, and maybe what new tools am I going to have to use in the cloud environment? Or how do I map my current practices into what's available in the cloud. And that's where I see a lot of companies, they sort of fall short. They get, they, <clears throat> excuse me, they have the first, you know, sort of flush of victory. And then it's kind of a land grab without necessarily recognizing that you, you know, that there needs to be a sort of a, a more of a governance process and a structure about how the, the next wave of um, uh, application deployments go that, are then that are surrounded by these kind of core capabilities that you've identified that you've put into place over a period of 30 years in your own data centers. I think that's super important and it's incremental investment that it's critical that the companies plan for, you know, it's, it's like you're going to need to develop new practices in addition to what you've got. That means you're going to spend more money on those kinds of things. You're going to need new skills. Probably you're going to have to train or hire in new talent. Um, that's the kind of next step to go to production systems. Um, and then, you know, you've got lots of stuff like, so what are you going to do around your network? How do I make sure that I've got the right bandwidth and how do I make sure that the uh, traffic is secure when transiting between my site and the, and the cloud provider site? How do I make sure that's in place? So a whole range of kind of practical blocking and tackling kinds of things need to be uh, put into place. That would be the breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, recipes. <laughs> I like it. And we bring that back to poor, bring that back to the, uh, to the, uh, to the ask. So, so ultimately, and this is kind of the final question on this topic, um, are we diluting the value of cloud by actually creating links to the infrastructure? Should this be kind of an all-in approach where we you know, kind of create a demarcation line between the legacy systems and cloud computing. And even though there is some cross integration, it's kind of not the core focus. Are we we just putting off the inevitable or is this something that's going to be reality as we move forward for the next five, the next five, 10 years? Well, you know, I think a huge mistake that I've seen many companies make uh, during my uh, consulting uh, uh uh, days and also uh, while I was working at uh, cloud software companies is they use a mental map and they and they use a process where they go oh cloud is like my data center but at the end of a wire I'll leave you know everything just the way it is the same tooling the same practices and so forth and I just went through a fairly extended description of like you need to make incremental investment to adapt those practices for the cloud and I think that you know, you you as a as a as a cloud adoption uh, cloud adopter, you've got to think how do how is this going to let me leverage all the goodness that those cloud providers offer that I can't get today, 
And, and so there has to be a demarcation point in the sense of this is the way I do things in this sort of static, limited world that I've lived in for the last 30 years. This is the way I can do things now. And then, you know, what are the right demarcation points? What is the right, you know, connection? We just talked about the network and so forth and so on. Um, but you have to have the aspiration and the ambition to say, I want to become like a cloud native company in terms of the way I use cloud. It's not going to be just my data center at the end of a wire. Um, it's going to be, you know, I'm going to be like, you know, the people who really take advantage of cloud. And uh, that's, got, that's a huge impetus because the people who do that first are going to gain tremendous business benefits and then bring competitive pressure to those that lag behind. And if they, the, you know, if you have to kind of decide, do I want to be an adopter or a laggard? And, you know, I truly believe that this technology capability is going to be such that it will provide business benefit that will ex exhibit itself as competitive advantage. And, you know, you don't want to be on the wrong side of that uh, advantage-disadvantage divide. So changing gears a bit, let's talk about edge computing. And so, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately the, the ability to kind of leverage edge computing is the ability to kind of put a, a central point of processing between a centralized cloud system and some sort of a place where the data is actually gathered. So to do immediate responses and not necessarily have to deal with the network latency is becoming you know, adopted by many enterprises out there. So ultimately, what would your guidance be in terms of integration, integration of this kind of links back to our previous topic as well? Integration of edge computing with public cloud providers, you know, what are the, uh, uh, you know, what are the core do's and don'ts and, and what should be the trade-offs considered and what kind of applications should live at the edge and, you know, just some general guidance. Yeah, you know, it's, it's an interesting uh, thing because, you know, I've heard people opine that, you know, edge computing means the cloud is dead. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't think that's, I don't think that's accurate. And in fact, I think it's a dangerous sort of uh, men mental uh, model to use. I mean, the thing about, about edge computing is it is where digital meets analog, right? It's bits meets atoms. You know, the, the use case for edge is you want to be close to something happening in the environment, the physical environment. And, you know, every use case is different in a way that, you know, running one program versus running another program is, is, you know, rather similar typically. But, you know, the difference between I'm going to check the temperature out in a oat field is really different than I'm going to have a self-driving car. They're both edge computing. They're both at, a, at, the, at the interface of uh, bits and atoms, but they're vastly different kinds of use cases. And so the edge computing, the, what you need to put out in place at the edge is very different. And you kind of made mention of it in your article, which is, you know, a lot of what's put out at the edge, you know, the computing power out there is something like a Raspberry Pi. And so, you know, you, if you're a user and that's the amount of functionality you need, you need to ferry data back. Whereas if you're doing something with a lot of real time, very heavy processing, like what you want in a, a self-driving car, you know, you're going to need a lot of processing locally. And so you've got to really think through what is my use case and you know for what it's worth my opinion is there's going to be a lot more um, small amount of processing locally and large amount of processing being ferried back to the to a central place like the cloud than is 
currently sort of uh, posited by the, you know, edge is going to make the cloud die uh, school of thought. So you have to really think through what the specific use case of your edge is and then figure out what's the right computing model, data model, local processing capability, data transfer uh, ability that you need to support that particular use case. Yeah, I agree. It's use case dependent. I mean, it's funny as I'm building some edge-based stuff now um, and it's uh, as I'm finding that the biggest uh, issue is keeping things off the edge-based computer because you're going to saturate that fairly quickly and making sure it's on the back-end cloud environment and also the ability to kind of, so you're dealing with something which, which is really around tiering. So in other words, the first tier being the edge or the first tier, I guess, can be the client which is doing some rudimentary processes and anything it needs to respond instantaneously, which is usually less than, you know, 10, 20% of the application and all the big data processing and uh, big operational processing occurs in the back end and making sure that lives in the cloud. So that's the best place for it to live. Uh, number one, because it's more secure typically, and you're able to do a lot of uh, uh, heavyweight processing, which you can't do on the edge device. Uh, but in many instances, you know, people kind of violate that. They put as much as they can on the edge, it ends up being saturated, and they have to retrofit it in the back end. So in one minute or less, would you, how would, what would you advice would you have them in terms of how these things need to exist on a particular tier? Well, I mean, really, again, you, you know, the first place to start is what is, what is my use case? What am I going to uh, accomplish? And then figure out how much of that has to be, uh, has to be, processed and executed at the site and how much doesn't and I sort of agree with the implication of your of your statement which is anything that doesn't have to be local should be ferried back and done centrally because that's a place where you can have more control you can have more security you get greater economies of scale it's uh you know you have uh, better you know better opportunity to administer um, and so forth and um, you know, that's one of the challenging things about edge is, you know, it's this concept, edge computing. It sounds like it's all one thing. It's a bazillion different use cases, each of each of which has to be examined by the particular, you know, person or group actually implementing it to figure out how do I partition the app? Where do I keep the storage? What gets transferred? What stays locally? Um, so, you know, start with the end in mind and look at the use case that you're trying to implement. I can't argue with that. That's great advice in terms of edge computing. So anyway, please pick, pick, pick up a copy of my book, Cloud Computing and Silicon Convergence, available on Amazon and other places books are sold. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, David at Linthicum, L-I-N-T-H-I-C-U-M, at David Linthicum, as well as LinkedIn, where I have several cloud computing courses on LinkedIn Learning. Bernard, where can we find you on the web? Well, um, uh, of course, for my personal stuff, you can find me on Twitter, which is Bernard Golden. And you can find me at my personal website, bernardgolden.com. I also do a lot uh, for Capital One, a lot of um, activity, uh, publish articles on the Capital One Medium site. So you can just do, you know, do a search on Capital One around that. Um, you may be able to see me speak. I speak at conferences quite a bit. And I'm starting a new podcast series called the Cloud Strategy Podcast, which will get launched pretty quickly. And you should keep an eye out for that because um, I'm going to be talking to interesting folks such as yourself. And, um, you know, take a look for that. That'll be, an, I uh, hope, a pretty interesting place. And looking at lots of different interesting uh, topics, talking with really interesting people, looking at interesting technologies.
keep an eye on Bernard. He's the best in the industry and make sure he's one of the better voices out there, understands what he's doing. Uh, like I said, there's very few people in the universe who know that. So until next time, best of luck with your cloud product and cloud computing projects. We'll talk again in about seven days. You guys take good care. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Voices in Cloud, please check out the other ones. Removing hybrid and multi-cloud complexity is the focus of a report that David wrote for GigaOM Research. To find out more about taking IT to the next level, download the single report or subscribe to GigaOM Research for future forward advice on data-driven technologies, operations, and business strategies.